Evening, Liam. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Good evening. Thank you for having me and inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just for some context uh, for the listeners, Liam, you are the founder of the Solstice Sprint. It's approximately 1,000 kilometers, been running for a few years. It's an ultra race. Sorry, I should have mentioned that first. So approximately 1,000 kilometers, running for a few years and becoming increasingly popular. Uh, but before we dive into how that come about, because... It does revolve around you, Liam. Uh, why don't you talk about yourself and your riding background? Yeah, sure. Um, so I I cycled a lot when I was a, as a kid, just like a typical kid, um, rolling around all of the local um, villages looking for the biggest hills to to roll down on my on my BMX I had at the time. It was a it was a great bike, single speed, um, and um, and I fell out of love with with cycling when I. Kind of got a bit older, went to uni, etc. And um, and on my when I started my graduate program, uh, one of the one of the graduates actually cycled around the world uh, prior to to his uh, joining of the scheme and um, decided it might be a, a fun idea to to do a a charity ride London to Paris. And um, everyone was signing up, and one of the one of the guys twisted my arm to to give it to go as well. So about Two weeks before the start date, um, I managed to find a, a a bike for ten pounds. It was a it was a rally Torah about two sizes oh, yeah. too big for me. With um, it was ancient. It was an ancient thing. It had um, the gear shifters on the frame, and uh, I don't think more than three of them worked. Um, so um, ended up uh, going on one training ride around Manchester, where I was living at the time, and um, lasted about eight minutes when I nearly got hit by a, a, a Range Rover and uh, called training a day and just turned up uh, a couple of weeks later um, for this ride. Uh, it was absolutely brutal. I think I rode most of it standing out of the saddle. Uh, I managed to get a Ditchling's Beacon um, on that bike as well somehow. I don't know how. And um, and 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 just had a, an absolute ball of a time. And, and when we got to Paris, um, I think there was a realisation of Although I was looking always to the destination and 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 getting to Paris, actually, what I realised was it, the highlight wasn't the destination at all. The highlight was the journey, Absolutely. and it was everything that I saw in between. It was the the laughs and the and the stories that that I was you know sharing with my with my colleagues and friends at the time and, and seeing those new places, trying new local foods, meeting the real people in the, the real parts of the country, not just the tourist populations, uh, kind of cities and stuff like that. Um, and that captured my imagination. And and the rest is history. Um, I, I, I came home, I bought um, a, an entry level bike on the cycle to work scheme and just started pedaling. And every weekend I'd, I'd try and go further and further. Um, and before I knew it, I was um, roping one of my one of my friends out on his his bike. And before we knew it, we were um, doing a, a Paris to Barcelona bike packing trip, nice. uh, which which was awesome. And um, actually rode with with him on the weekend doing some salsa sprint recon, which was a really great ride. And um, and then and then we did a few other trips. We 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 did Lands End to John O'Groats and. And a, and, a, and a couple of years later, I did a, a solo uh, Rome to to London as well, and nice. and it was just that that backpacking experience uh, that just absolutely captivated me, and 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 from there um, I started finding things like Dot Watcher and and all these other events, and I realised that I could I could actually just kind of dipping in, in and out of them from home and and. You know, find a bit more inspiration there, and I suppose that's that's how I got into um, into ultra riding. I suppose interesting point of uh, note that I'll, I'll just clear off straight away is I've never actually ridden an ultra race. I never managed to get there because of injuries. So technically, I am a rookie, and a lot of people are surprised by that because they're like, "Whoa, he's a he's a rookie, but he's he's organising races." And uh, you know, there's a combination of different skill sets, I suppose, from you know the route planning and yeah. and and all of that associated stuff for the bike packing. But um, by trade, I, I've worked in logistics for the last 12 years, which is all about just organising 
people, services, and goods. So there's a lot of kind of complementary overlap that um, that I suppose have, have worked quite nicely to to create the the, the circumstances for the Solstice Sprint to be born. Liam, we need to go for a ride, a bike packing trip, because this is kind of like that. I love cycling, all aspects of cycling, but the bike packing trips remain like the best thing about cycling. Just as you mentioned, going through different villages, towns, and seeing the country for what it is, as opposed to the Instagram pictures of the cities, which, you know, it doesn't give the real, real sense of the country, I guess. Um, you know, uh, that feeling you got for the first one, London Paris, is is tried, something we try to recreate here at Gap. Like, we, we run several bikepacking trips, and it's like, come, have a go. Like, let's let's go see these countries. And it's so easy to do, and especially, like, some of the other ones we do, like, across Northern Europe, Belgium, Holland. There's not a hill in sight, and it's just, like, come, have a go. It's, it's incredible. And you get to see, I don't know about you, but, like, just crossing countries just gives you a buzz. And knowing you've done it, done it on a bike, that's that's incredible. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll... there is nothing better than, one, taking a picture of, of the sign as you cross yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that border. And also, you know, getting to the end of your day and even just something as simple, just looking at that start point versus finish point on the map Absolutely. and be like, whoa, I just did that on my own and 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 that's and it's contagious and it's and it's great and it's it's great when you can share that with with others as well and and see that um realization and joy on their face when they're like whoa i just did that so uh, like you've done all these trips incredible so when and how is the solstice sprint created yeah so it was i believe it was 2000 and 2022 when when the idea popped into my head so um so i was i suppose transitioning from bike packer starting to dip my toe into the world of ultra racing and and i had a view of um of riding a big a big um kind of european race um exact event T tbc um, but one of the big ones, and I had a, a hypothetical kind of stepped training plan over a few years of how I was going to get there, and um, and I and I started training. I had had no idea what I was doing. I was just going out and riding and calling that training. And unfortunately, on December the thirty first, twenty twenty one, I was woken up by my my cat. He was very hungry, very hungry and persistent cat, still is. And um, in a in a rush to to kind of go and feed her and and quieten her down, um, managed to to slip down the last three steps. And um, as I put my arm out, I I managed to dislocate my shoulder, um, or I should say re-dislocate it because I've had um, a lot of issues with it over the last uh, over, well since 2009 really, and um, had a previous operation in 2015 which. Uh, managed to hold it together for seven or so years and um and and it was all undone and and after that um it was i suppose that was the the start of 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 um, the journey towards the salsa sprint really so i think a few weeks later i had a a, a rejection email from um from a from a, a bigger uk race saying you know you weren't successful unlucky that's fair enough and and they also mentioned how many other people weren't successful as well and it was kind of 200 and something which really surprised me yeah. um and i and i sat there feeling sorry for myself with my arm in a sling for uh, for a short while and um i think i binge watched the mandalorian on on uh, on disney plus which is a which is a great show um but after i binge watched that in two days i just thought i can't i can't do this for the next i can't remember how long i was off for two months or so so um so I had this training ride that I was going to do prior to, to this event. And um, and that was actually what the Solstice Sprint was for 2023. Um, it was that event that was originally my training ride as part of my um, haphazard training program. So it was um, originally um, planned for, for 2022 when, when the injury happened. Um, I hastened together a quick website instagram 
some really, really, really poor graphics, and uh, and and tried to to launch this this event to this two these two hundred people that surely they want to go to some event, um, whatever it would be. Uh, so I pompously just kind of threw it out there and saw what would happen. And I think um, I ended up with I think it was about I launched it at the start of February ish, and. Uh, I think I ended up with about six people or five people or something like that. So, um, so I actually decided that it was it was all too rushed. It was it was going to be uh, a bit of a a bit of a uh, I, I, I wouldn't say a washout, but I think it just dawned on me that I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have enough time to prepare. And I wasn't going to do the people that had joined Justice. That was, I suppose, the, the most important thing in my mind was how are these five or six riders going to enjoy this? Because um, it feels a bit kind of paper mache at the moment. So made a really tough call and postponed it for 2022. Um, it, it really makes me smile when I see these, these riders coming back, uh, whether it was riding the first one last year or riding the second one this year. And I always give them a, a special shout out for for, for sticking with it. Um, and I look forward to seeing them on the finish line and finally being able to to welcome them home. Um, so, yeah, so we postponed it for 2022. Already learned an incredible amount of information on how to organize or rather not organize events. Um, so so decided, right, I'm, I'm coming back kicking for, for 2023. Um, and, and and that's exactly what we did, and somehow managed to to go from five or six riders to um, forty five. I think we had wow. um, last year, um, and and that was that was on the solstice sprint uh, free route. Uh, we had a free route format. Um, so the the original incarnation of the the solstice sprint was a, co- a collection of my favourite events, um, all the way from the from the name, which was which was inspired from two volcano sprints, um, but also the distance sprint sprint ultra is a thousand distance, roughly. So uh, nice play on words with the summer solstice, and uh, and it was a free route event. Um, big fan of alley cat racing, and um, and also you know you've got big free route established events like All Points North and. Um, Transcontinental as an example, great free route events. Um, so the Solstice Spring was effectively just a mishmash hybrid of all of my favorite events that I originally planned for myself to to, yeah. to practice those skills and 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 see parts of the country that I just wanted to see. So so that bike packing elements being drawn into it. And um and yeah, Solstice Sprint 2023, it went surprisingly well. People enjoyed it. People came home um largely with it with a smile on their face or Brilliant. if they didn't you know by the time they'd had a shower and got their their clothes changed you know they were in great spirits and uh and things of that and and since then um it's, it's exploded even even more um and it, i'm just absolutely um over the moon with with how well it's landed with with people and and how many people want to engage with it and, and give it a go and and i look forward to welcoming some some old faces back and um, saying hello to some new ones in June. Brilliant. And uh, so how have you changed it up for this year and what are the numbers looking like? Yeah, so I suppose the the biggest uh, change is is the format. So last year, we, we were, like I said, we were rolling the, the alley cat, the, the, the free routing. And I suppose there were there are a few factors that that were playing in my mind after that, which have ultimately led to me switching to a fixed route format. Um, the main one was um, was actually a lot of people say, "Oh, is it because of the safety and stuff like that?" It's like that's an element, but actually the real element was, I, you know, all these people put so much time into training; they're booking annual leave, they're they're buying all the equipment, they're buying all of their supplies on the road, et cetera, et cetera. The the total cost to these events is huge. And the the Alleycat format, because it's competitive, effectively it's just pushing people onto busy A roads to be competitive. I'm of the opinion that, you know, 
need to treat riders like 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 adults if they feel safe on a on that road then then I'll, I'll let you do it to an extent um but it was a bit of a boring way to to spend your your annual leave i thought was on on a roads when you're you're riding past all of these amazing things um in the peripheries whether it's you know a local point of interest um a, a really nice um you know scenic scenic view or or or, or scenic village or whatever it was it just felt like it wasn't what i fell in love with when i got into cycling it was leaning towards what i thought that london to paris was going to be which was all about the end destination and obviously in a race it is about finishing it is about having a good time it is about having a good place if you're that way minded yeah. not always the case not an issue but for me it was i want people to enjoy the journey i want people to get back to a warwick and get off their bikes and say that was one off if not the best ride i've ever done and right. and that was the reason for the fixed route and right. the fixed route goes through wales doesn't it Much it does this first. year yeah. yes i've done it once bottom to top it remains some of the best scenery i've done uh scenic riding rather uh it didn't stop raining for half the time uh but I'm, I'm, that didn't dampen things to be honest there was yeah incredible incredible views especially when it stopped raining and you could see a bit further like insane uh, hills are steep uh so definitely need need training if you're if you're doing that i guess but yeah does it does it go straight into Wales and then round it? I can't remember. I, I do remember seeing an image, but how did you decide on that route and why did you go along what you decided on, I guess? Yeah. So, um, so it goes, it goes uh, effectively straight South from Warwick um, and, and then kind of dovetails into the Southwest before going into Wales over the M48 bridge. Um, so you've probably got, 300k of riding before you get to wales okay yeah. and um and i suppose a good way to think of the elevation profile and and hopefully by the time this is released the the route provisional route would have been released but effectively what you've got when you look at it is the first third is relatively flat comparatively it's rolling hills the middle bit is absolutely bonkers and it's gonna it's there's gonna be some unhappy faces at times, but the views are well worth it. And then you've got the final third, which again it's very much like the the first third. It's fairly flat, uh just rolling rolling hills. Certainly if you can get to um to Clandidno then you can get home. You can get home. So that's a good way to think of it, I suppose, for, for the riders. Um to, to answer your question of how did I decide on the route? Um I, I suppose I I typically just spend most of my life on Google Maps and street viewing everything and um, reading blogs and, and other people's um, kind of back, bikepacking trips or or whatever it is and um, just kind of immersing myself in 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 that virtual exploration I suppose and and I literally just I do start off um, all of my routes whether it was last year, this year, or the provisional for next year, start off as, as just points that I think are interesting on a map. And and then I start to think, okay, well, how can I connect this to this and, and make it interesting and make it feel like you're experiencing a range of different things on the way down. So it's not just the same experience from point A to point B, um, maybe that's you're, you're dipping out of, I don't know, o completely open land where you can see for miles and miles. And then all of a sudden you you swing down a hill and you're into thick forest. And, and that contrast is so quick and so stark. It almost feels a bit bizarre when you ride the route. Certainly um, we found that on the weekend, which was which was really crazy to be on um, open kind of rolling I suppose grasslands in the North Wessex Downs, and you you swing a corner and and all you can see is trees for, I don't know maybe ten minutes, and it's and it's absolutely bizarre. And you are just sat there thinking, well, where, where did these, where did this come from? Um, and and there's and there's much more of that sort of contrast coming. Um, 
I suppose, picking some points out on the map. So we start in Warwick and we we go to uh, a local, um, I suppose, a, a local favourite called uh, Burton Dasset, which is um, it's just a short and punchy climb. It's been on the, the Tour of Britain um, several times, both the men's and the women's edition. And it, it's just great riding. Um, and from there, we literally just go due south until we get to the North Wessex Downs to Coombe Gibbet. And, and this this part of the, the world's great. It's I feel it's the North Wessex Downs is quite overlooked as a an AOMB because it's so close to the Cotswolds. Um, equally, it's also close to places like uh, Stonehenge. So I feel if people get there, they're just going to carry on going until they get to one of these popular places. So um, so I so I thought I'd explore that part of the the country a bit more and 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 i think people are going to really enjoy it because within it we've got places um like um avebury um avebury stone circle and uh silbury hill as well which uh which are some of my favorites and numerous white chalk horses that um ancient britons have carved into the um into the landscape and the side of these hills which again is bizarre to think uh, you know, surely they've got better things to do, but good luck to them. Um, and and from from the North Wessex Downs, we go we go west to Castle Coombe, um, which is going to be some crazy touristy trap if if you're going kind of middle of the day. But if you're going at early in the morning or or later in the evening, it's it's going to be a really beautiful Cotswold village, certainly a jewel in the crown of the the Cotswolds. We then go over the M48 bridge to St. Breville's, which is um, an old castle, which is actually now a YHA, which I find quite funny. And um, and then we go on to uh, Gospel Pass and into Elam Valley, which is our fifth checkpoint uh, from Elam Valley. Um, testing my knowledge of the route now. Um, we go up to um, we continue going north west until we get to clan dudno and we go around the great orm mm -hmm. we then linked link start heading Very back beautiful, to that area i love that uh, you've been around the great orm i imagine oh yes yeah, yes nice. amazing on on the coastal road yes and um and again it's it's that contrast of of environments we we've gone from landlocked crazy hills or, or yes. mountains yeah, in their own yeah. right and now we're on the edge of we're on the edge of the map we're on a coastal road and it's and it's and it's again it's it's a great story to to kind of ride that that terrain to, to get to those extreme points um equally we're now kind of at sea level whereas before we we're maybe 500 meters up so again you've got this big contrasts in in um in gradient in terrain and and all of these factors um and and from um, Clandidno, we start heading back to Warwick. And like I said, once you get to Clandidno, uh, you're on easy street. Are you going across the north coast? Of not not for much. We okay. we we kind of tail straight in, and okay. and we actually start heading towards. Um, gotcha. I, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Ponticelli uh, Aqueduct and uh, the Iron Bridge and. Okay. And then down to Ludlow, and and then we just go straight east, more or less, to to Warwick, and and we're home. That's one to do though uh, in future if you ever get the opportunity across the north coast of Wales. That's a uh, still remains one of my favourite rides. Um, yeah, it's, it can get busy at times. You're sometimes on bike paths, but you're also sometimes on busy AB roads and whatnot. But nonetheless, brilliant, and it's pan flat as well. Well, not pan flat, but generally flat compared to the rest of what you've just mentioned so yeah definitely check it out i'll, I'll be i'll be on. scouring it after this call for sure i'll be <laughs> so back onto google maps <laughs> brilliant uh, and i suppose the 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 big thing about the the 2024 route is I, I think trying to call out 10 checkpoints as i as i have doesn't do it justice because the whole route is just linking incredible places to incredible places to incredible places and and in some places i suppose things that aren't checkpoints in their own right are better than what the actual checkpoints are i suppose a better 
terminology which I'll be adopting for 2025 is probably just call them 10 points of interest because although checkpoint works nicely for the for the for the alley cat format actually you are just going to a point of interest and I have tried to call them out every 100k or so just so people mentally in their head have got something to aim for um I'll get to the next one I'll get to the next one I'll get to the next one oh I've only got you know a couple more I'm nearly home and um it's, it was more just kind of helping people visualize the route as well whilst it's being finessed um but um yeah I wouldn't want wouldn't want uh, too much distraction to be placed on those on those 10 points because there are some absolutely incredible incredible places um on that route and I, I'm half expecting most people to come back in and say their highlights were actually points that I haven't called out in that list mm -hmm. of 10. Absolutely. And so what has the like reaction been from riders who did it last year then and those now looking at it this year? Because obviously you could say it's, it's a completely different event. Uh, you could argue, obviously, obviously it's still a 1,000K uh, ultra event, but you've yeah, it's certainly different. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, if I, and I apologize because I keep missing out half of your questions. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think um, yeah, the the reaction generally from the riders, the twenty twenty three riders, is is generally been positive. Actually, um, more than I'd probably say more than half have have returned. Um, there were a few, I'd probably say a few unhappy. Um, well, I wouldn't say unhappy, but people that were. Um, sad to see the Ali Cat, Ali Cat format go, uh, which is fair enough because it's an exciting format. Uh, it's it's highly um, tactical, I suppose, and um, and you know routes routes play a big big part in uh, finishing position and 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 overall tactics and and things of that nature. So I think there were a couple of um, riders who were sad to see it go, but I think on the whole, actually, a lot of riders who are returning have have specifically commented actually. I, I much prefer the fixed route. I haven't got time to sit there uh, with everything else going on in my life and, and plan a plan a freestyle route, um, at least one that's going to be a decent route. Uh, I think a lot of riders probably just uh, use the popularity routing or or you know that sort of feature on their on their planning software to to get them from from A to B last year. Whereas this year, obviously. They're just going to download the GPX files and and follow everyone else. Um, so vast majority of riders really excited for it, um, and the new riders as well. Um, the comments I'm hearing from from the 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 new the new riders are along the same lines. Um, it's all about the route. It's all about it being a fixed route, and the distance is perfect because it's what I call annual leave efficient. Typically. Um, and and there's you know there's relaxed cutoff times we're fairly lenient, um, which which again takes a lot of pressure off people, um, yeah. especially if it's your first first time, which you know thousand k for for some people will be their first ultra event, um, which which is great, um, and it's and it's great to see so many people uh, wanting to come in and and join us and and ride our route and yeah look just generally look forward to to meeting them because I I do speak to almost all the riders um just casually not just not just through emails um especially on you know things like instagram or, or strava or whatnot you know there's a lot of a lot of dialogue in um conversations that we have before before june and, and by the time it gets to june it's it's more like just kind of welcoming friends to to um to the event rather than you know people you've you've only just met for the first time which which is one of the things i'm most looking forward to actually is being able to put the face to the name and and, and have a catch up and, and obviously see how they get on and and hear about their their journey when they come back brilliant and um just one question then regarding the participants what kind of participants are you getting and uh where does your event sit in the wider ultra cycling scene so are you getting first timers or are you getting those who are gearing up to bigger events later on in the season yeah um a lot of a lot of um diversity and ability i would say in the 2024 field and again um imminently to be released possibly before even this this podcast is 
is published depends how quick your editing skills are uh, <laughs> and how organized you are but um yeah we've um we've got some rookies i was i was trying to total them up before but um annoyingly ran out of time but i'd probably say we've probably got uh i don't know 25 percent, maybe a third of the riders are, are rookies oh, wow. um and okay. and the rest are experienced riders and we've probably got i don't know um 10 20 riders that i'd that i'd i'd consider um extremely um experienced and and competitive um uh, which i suppose links us on to your your second question which was where does it stand in in the calendar and um and i suppose part of part of that question actually relates back to where we started our conversation which was about how the solstice sprint started now as the name alludes to Sinead, it's is held over the summer solstice, which is the longest, um, typically the longest uh, day. I say typically because I, f- I think sometimes it it works out that there's like thirty seconds out. But don't let that uh, don't let that detail trip you up. Um, but it's held over the summer solstice, and um, and it's it specifically because it was going to be one of my first longer rides. I wanted the the days with the longest light um, because. I think I think it's it's just better riding conditions generally, and that just happens to fall kind of at the start of the season, really. Um, certainly before the big races start firing up mid July. Um, so the the big races being your your well, you've got the Via race now, um, you've got um, Transcontinental and um, and NC four thousand as well, and and those three events are all happening kind of within a week or starting within a week or so of each other. So it's a nice final test for riders who are using it as a springboard for those uh, those those bigger European events. Other events are available and in other continents. And um, and, it, and it's a great opportunity. It's it's the last chance to test human and machine. Is the setup right? Is does anything need to be dialed in differently? Does the nutrition plan need to be tweaked? Um, whatever they want to test, they can test. Um, and equally, it's it's great for for um, first time riders and other riders who who are just looking for another UK challenge. Um, so we've got, like I said, we've got a, a very diverse field of ability, and 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 I think the nature of the event, the dates, the the distance, the elevation—it just lends itself to everyone, really. Whether it's you're going for your first ultra, or you're using it to go for your next bigger one, as that springboard. It, I think it just ticks all the boxes for a lot of people, and I think that's again one of the the things I'm most looking forward to is it, it's not just about the first riders back. It's not just about the winners. There's so many great adventures and victories happening all up and down the field, whether it's, you know, yes, it's, it's incredible and, and inspirational when that first rider comes back and, um, and and I'm still trying to work out how some of those riders did it last year. Um, Ian came back way too fast last year, finished in one day, 17 hours, which wow. I, I still struggle to to get my head round and, and I was lucky enough to see him uh, about... Um, 20k from the finish line and he just whizzed straight past me but despite me kind of screaming um hello at him he was just focused and he was just just flew past and he almost beat me back to to the finish point actually because he's just an absolute machine um so you know it's great to see that high performance side but then it's also great to, to hear the stories um from from the the rest of the field as well, whether it's the first person completing their first ultra, and you know you you really kind of get involved in in that journey, whether it's just through kind of comms or through their following their social media or or whatever. But um, it, it's just a great feeling to welcome everyone back, and everyone's had a different experience and and overcome something different to everyone else. Brilliant. Um, I want to speak about next, like. The popularity with your event has trebled uh, in the Muslim community where we're from uh, three, four years ago. I don't think I know a single person who had competed. Now we have like three or four on the ultra distance scholarship. 
we've had a few who've already been on it. We've had a few complete several now. We've had Hashem who's been on transcontinental volcano sprint all in the last couple of years. I, I feel like there's a massive popularity boost with ultra cycling, um, be it in this community, wider community, and just across cycling, really. Why do you think that is? I was, I was hoping you were going to tell me, Junaid. Um, I, it's a good question, to be honest. Um, I think I think ultra cycling in general, it's everyone I've met is just super friendly, um, and it and it's and it's typically just very welcoming in general. Um, you know, I appreciate there's a there is there is a bit of division um, out there in the world, but I think cycling does unite people it's it's something we all have in common we all sit on our bikes for ridiculous amounts of times going up ridiculous hills um trying to go as fast as we can stopping off at petrol stations we're all doing the same thing and i think that unites people and it's an experience that everyone can kind of share in and i think because we are pushing ourselves to to our limits um it's and 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 experiencing those trials and tribulations on the road it's very easy to to make um those those kind of friendship bonds and and i think that's what makes it so welcoming and and everyone on the road wants everyone else to succeed everyone wants everyone else to come home safe everyone wants everyone to to have a great time and and do their best and i and i think because everyone just naturally um is having a great time i think that just in itself just just fosters inclusivity and and makes more people feel welcomed and they go away and tell their friends and bring their friends along and and it and it perpetuates and 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 it's great to see to be honest and you know we've 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 picked on um on the, on the muslim community here but from from what i'm seeing on the the roster of um the solstice sprint is you know female participation has exploded as well um so last year uh, we had i think it was three female riders um all of them uh, amazing riders who who um, who I really enjoyed following their their stories. Whether it was um, the the powerhouse that is Ingeborg who actually smashed it, um, or if it was um, Cheryl or Han Lu who um, who who were riding their their first ultras and and Han Lu went on to to do that uh, inspirational ride at the at the Transcontinental, which I think at one stage had half the world cheering her on to uh, to to complete. And this year we've, I think I t- counted it the other day. I think we've got about 33 riders. So, um, you know, across the board, um, we're, we're seeing, you know, increase in diversity and ability in, in, in gender and um, in, well, across the board, whether it's, whether it's faith-based or, or whatnot. Um, and, and again, I point back to my earlier comments. I think it's all about the culture of ultra distance and, kind of longer distance cycling in, in general everybody wants everyone to succeed and it's and it's just a fun place to to hang out and and play i suppose well i guess i'm speaking for the community here or just the cycling community when we say thank you for making opportunities like this possible because if there were no events then we wouldn't be having this conversation about the cycling scene and how it's grown because there's for a long time the only one i knew or was aware of was the transcontinental and perhaps ram right across america um so in the recent years that three four five have other ones have popped up which then so that's going back to what i think has allowed it to explode is there's these smaller events which weren't there before like yours looks very very enticing a thousand kilometers starts fairly local when i mean fairly local but hour hour on the on the train is not too far maybe two hours on the car Whereas, you know, many are across in on the continent. Uh, I did the All Points North. I didn't finish it, unfortunately. But again, a thousand kilometers, uh, not too far. It's a train journey again. So, yeah, um, that I can't imagine is too old either. Uh, we've obviously got a very, very small one starting this year as well, um, which, again, hopefully lowers barriers to entry and allows people a small step in. And then... Uh, Yes, then they can build on it and all the rest of it. So I think it's gone hand in hand with more events, which then allow more people to taste it, which then 
builds their appetite, invites other people in, as you mentioned, and all the rest of it. So that's brilliant. Um, going back to participants, then, like, what are some of the best stories you've heard from those who have ridden your event? Those ones where they overcome something or they see something strange out there and I don't know, like this, I imagine there's many. I I remember seeing this on your on your question list and racking my brain and and the 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 funny thing is I can actually remember very little from um that weekend last year because yeah. I had about twenty minutes sleep. Uh so I was just <laughs> running on overdrive because I was desperately out of my depth and um and and I couldn't bring myself to miss a single moment because I was having the absolute time of my life um welcoming riders back and and catching them up uh, catching up with them just not remembering their stories uh, I suppose the, the few that do do leap out um uh again I'll, I'll, I'll point back to to Ian's ridiculous um speeds and, and efforts and I think his stop time was four hours and I think he had about 20 minutes sleep or something. And, and, and there was a part on the Solstice Sprint 23 course um, where they were going down to Portland Bill Lighthouse. And to get there uh, onto, the on, onto the island, you have to go down a causeway, one road in, one road out. And, um, and in second place was, um, was, was one of Ian's good friends, James Gill. So because he realized that I suppose he had a had a little bit of a a lead, and he was coming off the island. He decided he was going to have a I think it was a twenty minute nap just so he can say hello to his friend um, before just zooming off, uh, which which I imagine may have also been a kind of a catch me if he can as well perhaps. But um, yeah, that's that was a that was a, a nice little story that sticks in my head. And and I think after that, um, it was uh, probably again the more of the riders. Um, at, at the at the back of the field so whether it was um cheryl cheryl um I, I was lucky enough to ride with her um well i caught her at, at cheddar gorge she she was off I, I tried to ride with her and catch up but she just absolutely left me in the dust and um caught up with her when she was um ordering an ice cream at the bottom and um you know completely different experience to to ian different goals different um different pace different approach um and and it, and it's just nice to see both extremes you know we are a race but my motto is is you know ride your own race it doesn't you don't always have to be racing other people sometimes you can be racing yourself you can you can be challenging a personal goal um doesn't have to be a, a race against all i suppose um but next year i'll try and remember maybe i'll write some stories down or the second we get off this this podcast um loads are going to flood back to me and maybe i'll have to email you them and you can no problem. do a we'll, little soundbite afterwards we'll do some sort of editing magic or something yeah what's your biggest challenge is organizing this then i think the biggest challenge is probably time um so it's it's a i've are got a full one time band i'm a one-man band i nice. write the theme tune and i <laughs> sing the theme tune and i need to change that because um it wasn't too bad when it was you know a, a, a small you know we are still grassroots and 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 i think that points back to to what you were saying a second ago is you know there's grassroots events popping up all over the place and 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 it's these that i feel build that that community and 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 make make ultra cycling more accessible to people because we're, we're not all chasing the same monster events in far-flung places um lost my train of thought now Junaid, where was i going well, your biggest challenges and you oh, yes. mentioned time time yes so um so i to myself i've got a full-time job i'm a logistics consultant by day and um i suppose race planner by night so it's hard juggling you know the demands of of consulting and family and friends and a race especially when that race like you said is multiplying by three or four times um plus we've got loads of other stuff in the background there's so much coming uh i just need to get the time to do it um and, and that's the biggest challenge it, it's it is pure and simply time and i'd love to put more time into it and i'm already probably it's, it's a second job 
and um i suppose that goes back to where i was going i need to i need to start finding um more people to uh to, to get involved i suppose um because i'm the single point of failure at the moment and um and that's no good for for anyone so um so yeah so so i've actually recently taken on uh, i say taken on i've engaged a couple of graphic designers so um i've got um N nikki shaw is designing our caps and this cap design is going to be ridiculously cool uh she's she's managed to sketch the route of wow. solstice sprint 2024 onto the cap so as you look around the cap you you can follow the the route uh which which the initial designs look absolutely incredible nice, um but nice. but i've also um also engaged a, a kind of like a, a i suppose a, a brand developer to um to to upgrade my uh, my novice graphics uh which in the past you kindly said were actually quite good so i uh... really like the website <laughs> it's it's okay it's, it looks a bit old but as in not in a bad way as in it, it kind of brings back memories of when things were like as you mentioned grassroots like i love that like it's grassroots yeah, um... yeah, yeah. proper and and I'm and I'm glad you said that because 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 it's nice that it does reflect the you know it's grassroots events so it all looks grassroots but I suppose we're we're emerging from the from the the grassroots is that if that's the saying and uh, we're we're going into the next level of um, plant-based growth I suppose um, so um, so yeah so I've I've got a um, a, a, a a kind of a freelance brand. Um, developer on board and and they are developing um logos and and the graphics will be a bit uh well a lot more professional um than they have been in the past so um yeah I'm, i've i've quickly realized i need help so again more volunteers next Brilliant. for this summer um across the board whether it's social media whether it's helping on check-in desks or just generally helping um on other areas as well so um so i've got a nice a nice volunteer crew building and um yeah i'm actually going to try and get a few hours sleep this year uh because i can't uh can't be can't be running off 20 minutes sleep or half an hour how long it was like last year fair enough we had a listener question from adil uh he mentions what's your three biggest tips for uh ultra racing and i guess i had a question similar which was what is the advice for someone taking part in your event? So it kind of kind of goes hand in hand, and, and I appreciate you haven't raced, but you've seen the spectrum of those who finish it within two days and those who finish it within five, and I'm sure you've seen several people fail. And what makes those people finish, and what also makes those people finish fast as well? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, I suppose there's there's a few, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start the start and try and hit as many sure. as we go. Um, so I think the the biggest thing, um, the biggest point I'd give to all riders is ride your own race. And I say that I said it last year's pre-race briefing. I'm gonna say it this year's pre-race briefing. It's very exciting at the start. There's lots of riders around. We want to keep up. We don't want to see riders disappearing onto the horizon. Some riders are going to be faster than us. They're going to have put a lot more training in. They might have been doing it for many more years than us. That's okay. Don't try and keep up with them. Ride your own pace. Stick to your strategy. Um, you know, hopefully you've got a rough, you know, hourly speed you want to do, or maybe there's a factor of elevation in there as well. And maybe you've got a planned quota of sleep. Stick to it. If it's your first ultra, stick to it. Um, the the biggest thing I saw last year for scratching was was people pulling out with knee injuries. Um, okay. You've probably pushed it too far, too 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 far, too fast, too soon, guys. Um, and, Does that um, go back to training? Do you think? I, I yeah. well, I, I think to a large extent, yes. Um, you're not riding. You're you're the race you're riding doesn't reflect your training. Yeah. Um, you know, you could you could sit on your bike and casually probably spin yourself around any route if you had enough time. Um, but obviously we don't. So I suppose ride, ride how you've trained. Um, the next one would be don't try anything new on race day. So if you haven't trained with aero bars, don't put on the aero bars. If you haven't trained with gels, 
don't turn up with a bag full of gels if you you know you get the point you don't want to be trying things for the first time in um in the, the pinnacle and the culmination of of all of that effort to get to the start line you don't want to be trying anything risky stick to what you know and um and do it well keep it simple um i'll try and force out a, a third one a third one would just be train just just yeah. just train as much as you can um you don't necessarily you know if you if you can if you're in a position to get a coach i'd i'd advise getting getting a coach and and you know happy to point people in the direction of of some coaches that are known to us uh, whether that's um you know dot booster for examples great great set of coaches on on dot booster which is a residential um ultra training course uh, also in wales but um you know that's programs like that are brilliant for 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 accelerating knowledge and and training and and confidence as well um but you know there's other materials as well youtube there's loads of training videos on youtube there's loads of books um you know you don't have to spend loads of money on books you can go on to world of books and um you know get involved in that circular book book economy um all of my books i get from world of books like again i can probably put some of my favorite books out there to for people to check out um so the resources are out there you just need to take the time to find them read them and implement them and i suppose if you're not going if you're not going straight out the blocks to try and win on your first ultra and your your goal as i imagine most people's is is to finish and that should always be the first goal of any ultra is to finish if you can uh, and it's safe to do so obviously um and and just ride, like I said, ride ride your own route, ride your own race. Absolutely, very very pertinent points. I think. Um, before we go, yeah, you mentioned perhaps you weren't meant to, but you mentioned there's more to come. What are we expecting? I can't say. Oh. Um, I can't say. I'm very sorry. Maybe we can have another call once I can say, and we can talk about them further. Yeah. Um, sure. But um, yeah, it's um, it's it is going to change. Um, sort of sprints. Um, we are about to to go through our next evolution, which which should be the final iteration of um, the sort of sprints. Now I've had a couple of years to reflect on on what it is and 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 what I want it to to do. I suppose. Um, and yeah, probably going to be releasing details on that uh in the summer and um yeah stay stay tuned i think it's it's going to be exciting i hope people like what they see um uh, but yeah i i i feel quite bad for mentioning it and getting your hopes up but uh <laughs> maybe uh like i said maybe we'll have a catch up once i release it and, and we sure. can have a, a deeper dive into it brilliant thanks, the time. thanks for coming on thank you thank you for having me I, sorry i missed out so many of your no, I don't think you did. Are, I don't think you did. Um, but hopefully, I, I covered most of the the points. And um, and if any of the listeners uh, have any questions for for me about Salsa Sprint or anything else, um, you're more than welcome to drop us a line on um, on the website or, or on our Instagram, Salsis underscore Sprint. And um, yeah, more than happy to, to 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 answer any questions or point people in the direction of anything really. Um, just here to help and enjoy the ultra scene um as much as i can so uh yeah if i can help let me know brilliant thanks for that Liam.